Welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. Hello. Hi. Hi. Can you believe that people actually told us they weren't allowed to wear black as I'm a teenager? I'm shocked. Numerous people told us this. And now I'm kind of remembering that maybe my mother was a little weird about black, too. I need to ask her about it. Mm. She's been gone. Uh, but it's so fascinating because we're both literally head to toe in black right now. Do you think, though, yeah, it was like interesting. a child? Like it's only like at a certain age you can wear black. People who told us this, at what age did it become appropriate for you to yeah. wear black then? I definitely remember having like a lot of black like fitted tees, mm. Hot Topic tees. <laughs> Hot Topic tees. Um, I remember I had a long sleeve black one with like a like bejeweled Roxy symbol oh, on the that. front. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was wearing black. I'm thinking now that maybe I wore a lot of brown. Hmm. Ooh, weird. Maybe, Interesting. I, I am a fall tone type of person. I like a fall tone. Yeah. Love a burgundy. Um, but very interesting, and now I'm thinking about when were you actually allowed to? Was it like on your 18th birthday or an adult? You can graduate to black? Like, yeah. tell me more. I, I feel like if I weren't allowed to wear black, I would have gone full goth at some point oh, in my totally. life. Yeah. Just like yeah. reacted to it? Yeah. yeah. The like. only way to rebel. <laughs> just to just dive headfirst into gothdom. Um, okay, so what are you fangirling over this week? Well, my future gothdom, first of all. <laughs> yeah, me too. Gothdom as a word. <laughs> um, a couple things. Ooh. I saw Eighth Grade at the Arclight I know last nothing. weekend. Tell me everything. It's written and directed by Bo Burnham. Oh. It's an A24 movie. Huh. It's great. Yes. It's so awkward. Oh. It's just like true, painful Like it's really in school. there? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really in there. I really liked it. Um, also, I went to my first pony sweat class on Saturday. I'm sorry, tell me everything. It is a, I've known about it for some time. It's basically like an aerobics class, but like the teacher wears fun like 80s spandex and it's just supposed to be like fun and like okay. a good time. So it's, it's it's calls itself non-competitive aerobics class. So you were into so that. So I was like, great. Yeah. And I finally did it because my friend's roommate does it all the time. Okay. And I ha- it's been so hot yeah. that I haven't been, like, working out. And I work out for, like, my mental stability. Like, yes. I just need it. And during the class, I was like, am I going to cry? Because I was just, like, really feeling it. And, like, I was happy. I just felt like myself uh-huh. again. But the music is really fun. It's all, like, 80s new wave and, like, punk. And then there's, Where like, Destiny's it? Child thrown in oh, there. Fun. It's in Highland Park. Oh, so I can't like go it. all the time. Mm-hmm. But... It was so fun. It's like Richard Simmons, but with better music. Oh, wow. You yeah. just sold me. Exactly. Did you not text me about it because you wanted to tell me about it yes. on the podcast? Okay, great. That is correct. Mm-hmm. I was like, offended. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't doing anything. You could have told me. At least texted me about it. Uh, okay, what are you fangirling over? Okay, I have a couple of things. Number one, friend of the podcast, Margie McGee, just sent me a photo of herself wearing her latest piece of Fangirl Friday's merch. Love. Great. I'm obsessed with it. Also, didn't realize that that green color would look so great in a sweatshirt. Good taste, Margie. Second of all, I started watching the show The Staircase. Do you mm-hmm. know about this? I know about it. I've not watched. Okay. So it was an eight-part documentary. It's now a 13-part documentary. Oh, they added a lot. Yeah. Or they recut it. That's why I was doing a little research. Just like, is there new stuff? Like, I don't know. Essentially, this author... Um, is accused of killing his wife in the early 2000s. And this is in Raleigh, Durham. My call, my high school boyfriend went to Duke. So I was like in that area a lot mm-hmm. during this time. And I kind of remember the news coverage of it. 
So I was watching it. I started the first episode, 45 minutes, and I was kind of like, uh, I don't know. It's kind of boring. She just fell down the stairs, whatever. <laughs> Cut to the next episode. They find gay porn on his computer. <gasps> then, like, he's con- accused of killing another woman in <gasps> Germany. And I am in. And I was like, whoa, this escalated very quickly. Like, I was all about ready to give up on something. And you uh-huh. know I don't give up on yeah. things. And I'm four episodes in. There's something weird going on with his family. Like, his kids are all animatronic in a way. Like, they're too good. I don't know. So he has two biological kids. She had a kid. And then they adopted two kids that his, like, friends in Germany died and they adopted their children. I don't know. And those girls seem very... There's something too sweet about them. Mm. You know what I this mean? This is making me uncomfortable already. You, you'll be, yeah. You'd be uncomfortable if you watch them. You're like, what's going on with you? Um, so I'm very into that. And then third, last thing, I haven't talked about it on the podcast. I have been using this stuff called Lash Boost. <gasps> and my I had to switch mascaras to a, like, volume versus lengthening because it was getting <gasps> it out of control. So well. It works so well. I've already gasped four times I, in this episode. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's crazy. It's one of those like Rodan and Fields products. I was very nervous about this. One of my my husband's uh, wives sells it. And it's like, you know, anything that you like sell person to person, you're always like, uh, is it my, am I going right. to be like stuck in something? And she's wonderful. She's like, there's like no pressure. And, but it works crazy well. And I'm very into it. Mm. I mean, so it's like you have extensions. Kind of. And then. But I don't, and it's wonderful. And they, but they've gotten darker. That's the That's thing. That's interesting. Like, what? Tell me about that. And they haven't made my eyes brown. My light eyes are still. What if you light. put them on your, put it on your eyebrows? What would happen? <gasps> would I get just? Would they it? get darker and oh longer? God. I don't know. I because I have no eyebrows, so maybe. I know. I was thinking about you. Thank you. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for that hot tip. Speaking <laughs> of eyebrows, though. These 90s TV movies that we watched, the eyebrows were very distracting in both movies. Yeah. The lack pencils. of eyebrows. Pencils. All like, about the pencil. Brutal. What a time that you was. You know, for these movies we're talking about today, so dark, yet so enjoyable. Um, Especially compared to last week. I watched them last back Last week's to were back, duds. And I had a great time. Yeah. I had a great time. I was in, in both of these movies. Like, I wanted to see the end. Yeah. Even when I got bored at times. Yes. So what should we start with? Well. In our Candace Cameron Bure <laughs> double feature. I mean, okay, so the movies we did, No One Would Tell, mm-hmm. starring Candace Cameron and your fave. My stalker. Fred Savage. <laughs> Who plays a great stalker. Yeah. Yeah. Case in point, guys. Case in point. And the other, She Cried No, starring Candace Cameron and your boy, Zach Morris. Mark Paul Gosler. Zach Morris. Playing one hell of a creep. Plays Zach Morris as a creep. No. No. <laughs> Real creep, though. Like, his voice was really getting to me. I was like, is this what he sounded like as Zach all the time? So it's really tough on where to start first. Do you want to start with rape? Or do you want to start <laughs> with abusive relationships that lead to death? Not funny. Don't know why I'm laughing, but the way you said it was super funny. <laughs> do you want to start with rape? Um, no one does. Let's start with She Cried Now because... I'm going to get worked up about it, and I'm going to need to come down a little bit with the murder instead. So 1996, Mm -hmm. this movie comes out. A college freshman is date-raped at her brother's frat party by another fraternity member. I mean, where to begin? This movie kind of jumps right into it It with Mark Paul being a creep. A creep. They're literally on a balcony Mm -hmm. 
creeping on freshmen coming in. Yeah. They're calling them fat and midgets. And I was appalled yeah. right from the start. Yeah. I Again, with both of these movies, like a lot of fat shaming, forgot how much that was prevalent in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Candace Cameron, I wonder if she's ever played off type in this way or if like her personal like level of Christianity refuses to allow her to like be a bad girl or like a mean girl because she's always playing that like sweet ingenue. Yes. And very, she plays prude real well. Like she that. went extra blonde in this movie extra also. Extra blonde, yeah. Um, and did these movies come out the same year? Yes. Yeah. These so, are both 1996 gems. Yeah. So th- this must be a little bit later, though, because her hair is a little longer. So a little longer than it is in the other one. But let's push Candace aside because I freaked out at the mom. Candace's mom is the mom for my so-called life. Yes. And it was just like she was talking to Angela, Best but Armstrong. she wasn't. Yeah. Uh, and this was like Bess Armstrong after she'd like cut her hair from My So-Called Life, yep. still looking great. And like her character in My So-Called Life is sort of – she li- like goes through life with this um, push from being like a beautiful teenager. Mm-hmm. Same character in this movie. Like even the other fraternity dad was like, oh, still beautiful, I see. And I'm like, what? Where is this coming from? Like, that's just Bess Armstrong's M.O. is to, like, I mean, have it's been not beautiful. her fault that she's beautiful. I mean, she's beautiful. So, essentially what happens, it's really quickly, Candace... It's like day gets, one at school, she goes to a party. Basically, Candace gets to school. She has two roommates, one of whom is Nikki Cox, post-lip injections. The other is Jenna Vonway. Of so Blossom. It's like, of Blossom. So, it's 90 stars all around. They live in a great... Set, set up. They yeah, have it's very felicity room. to me. Yeah, they have like their bedroom and then they have a living room. They have like a suite essentially at college. And right away, Candace is like gets broken up with for, with her high school boyfriend. And she's like, all right, fine. I'll go to this fraternity party that we were invited to. Cut to. She's Cut to this party. MPG. No, before the rape scene. Okay, even before we get to this, <laughs> I was thinking that you should love a fraternity party because they always have themes. That's you'd think. You'd think. But the trash amount of drinking yeah. is disgusting. It's not and great. what is displayed in this movie that hap- happens in real life at some, mm-hmm. not saying all. Yes. And I don't want to be a part of that. That's fair. Okay, so the cam there's a cameraman at this party, and he ends up being like a key element of the story right but he's filming disgusting things it's like a girl's gone wild girls are passed out jenna von oya is a dummy dead weight someone's taking her upstairs Mm -hmm. and the camera guy's just filming it like it's a fun friday night well you get that cut of like a slight level of shame from leland the cameraman's name where he's like not enough right but not enough it's like but i'm still filming completely so essentially Candace Cameron is raped week one of school. She's a freshman. And then the rest of the movie is sort of what happens after this fact. And she becomes, you know, severely depressed. She's scared. She's having, like, nightmares, all of these things. And finally, she confesses. She gets in a car accident. Finally, she confesses that she was raped to what seemed to be a 12-year-old doctor. I was like, is this Doogie Howser? What's (laughs) happening? Like, it was insane. Then she goes home for Thanksgiving and tells her parents. The scene between her family. <sighs> Guys, well, mm. be- even before. So the brother, her brother is in the fraternity. Yes. And the brother, like, 
doesn't believe her or doesn't want to believe her right. at first and is just kind of like, no, nah, it's, it's, it's no big deal. And then the conversation with the family was gross. Tough. So the thing about this movie, I actually really enjoyed watching it and I would actually recommend that people watch it because it's so fucking topical. Um, and it, at the end when I was like, oh, this is 1996. Oh, nothing has changed. Like we're still having the same conversation. And here's where I'm just going to get freaking heated. So before they even go to the party, you have this side by side of the guys getting ready for the party and the girls getting ready for the party. And four, they're dining pleasure. We have chips. Four. Jello. Just because a guy hands you a beer doesn't mean you have to drink it. If she takes a drink, she wants a party. If she doesn't, try a jello shot. Use the buddy system. If you get a girl up to your room, you don't want to be disturbed. Outside. Well, what if she still says no? It's like any negotiation. First no is only a starting point. Kelly, come on, come on, come on. Let's the go. guy's getting ready for the party is like, where's the booze? Where's the chips? How are we gonna mack on some girls? Like blah blah blah. Yeah. The girls getting ready is like, if a boy offers you a drink, you don't have to take it. Like it's all prepper- cut to the guys where he's like, the first no is only a starting point. What? Literally, like, and he's like, it's a negotiation. And the preparation that women take. To not be attacked versus the guys, like, and I was just like, like oh planning my- a subtle attack. Essentially. And it was just, it's, you know, and then she's slut shamed and it's the like, oh, well, but how drunk were you? Like you, what did you think was going to happen when you went upstairs? Like all of the things that we still do then still come up in these conversations. And it's just like, it was so upsetting to me that like nothing has changed in a lot of ways and that you still get fucking assholes like Brock Turner who only go to jail for six months and it's just like this is wrong Uh, my first note I'm done now on this movie was (gasps) this is why I don't date (laughs) I I trust no one I've watched too many movies and read too many stories about rape and murder that I'm never going to date anyone. Okay. as Thank you. As a flip to this, I am married to a frat boy. Like, not just a frat boy. Like, president of the house, president of the <laughs> IFC. Like, I am married to, like, Captain Frat. And, you know, so – and I'm so I obviously I know a lot of frat yes. boys that have – and I knew a lot in college, and I know a lot who have grown up to be – wonderful human beings so i do take a little bit of umbrage like to the stereotype but it's like stereotypes exist for a reason right and you know and so we actually my husband and i had a very healthy conversation about this and my first question to him was (laughs) was there so this much high-fiving in the frat like there's (laughs) so much dudeness in this movie that i was just like wait is this actually how this was like because that feels aggressive and was it true the high-fiving he's like yeah there's a lot of like meatiness in the frat but what he said about his fraternity brothers he was like our fault was that we didn't pay enough attention to girls and that we just like wanted to like crush beers together and like ignored all (laughs) the girls all the time they were the broiest of the bros but they then like didn't interact with girls at all i love it like they literally would play this game to see how close they could run to the edge of the roof (laughs) Also, their their fraternity house got condemned, and they can't build anything on that land. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Which is like very amusing. But so, back to this movie. 
the thing that I found the worst, and I think this is what still happens, the way in which she has to like, she has no legal recourse, essentially, which happens a lot in rape cases. I loved that. I was so worried that the last 45 minutes of this movie would be courtroom scenes yes. like um, Death, Death of a Cheerleader. Thank mm-hmm. God it wasn't. It wasn't. But they go to mediation. They go to like a little like university tribunal, essentially. Yeah. And it's the worst. So she has to get up and like answer questions from a panel. He gets up and answers questions from the same panel. They're in the same room with their families. It's highly uncomfortable. Can you imagine talking about like how you had sex in front of your parents and like how you were trashed and like, oh, so awful. He, of course, wins. She's not vindicated in any way. But what's happening simultaneously? They're all around college campus. Someone is writing on mirrors. Scott Baker is a rapist. Yeah, which is very like I don't know. I know what you did last yeah, summer or something. Like movie. it was very scary. Yeah, I th- wouldn't be comforted by this. No. So essentially, uh, Candace Cameron's uh, Melissa figures out that there's another girl who has a similar story to tell about Scott Baker. And so after deciding that she wanted to just, like, put this all behind her, she was like, whatever, we'll figure this out, She's she gets pissed, and she decides that she's going to take this guy down. But we haven't talked about Jenna Vonoy also got raped that night. So yes. gross. But she has, like, repressed this oh memory God. and is like, I'm just going to work at the diner or cafe. I'm going to drop know. out of school. I'm going to, like— well, she, like, kind of failed out of yeah. school. I'm going to give up I'm my passion. going to give up my violin. Like, I'm just going to work here. This is my life now. And, like, shuts everything down. Yeah. And she was giving a performance. Oh, yeah. I liked it. I was really into it. That's my exact note. I said, Jenna Vanoy is giving a performance. And then, like, Candace Cameron comes in and is like, hey, let's get together and, like, bring everybody down. And she is not into it. Mm-hmm. And this is what I hated because if you're not ready to – confess or like express your feelings or about something. everyone know. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't push someone else to do it or take it as far as putting her limp body camera footage for all to see. Yes. So back to the footage captured by Leland. Uh, Melissa, Candace Cameron's character, compiles essentially a video of all of the terrible, disgusting things that this guy, Scott Baker, does and cuts it against his sort of testimony in their like mediation trial where he's talking about how he reveres women and how he would never push anyone to do something that they don't and he's like a disgusting gross human being what and then they air it like on the local tv station essentially or just on college campus i think it's on college like local tv i don't don't know. know it was unclear so he of course then is now the outcast. There's a great scene where, like, in their math class, everyone gets up and moves away from him. The thing that I don't like is that nothing happens to him other than, like, people are rude to him. Yeah. Like, at the end, you know, sort of Candace Cameron feels validated. She's empowered. She feels like she's at least sort of triumphed over in this shitty situation. She's rebuilt her friendships with, you know, people who didn't believe her, etc., and then they leave for the year, and just, like, Scott's kind of, like, 
limps away into the the, the darkness. Like we don't know what happens to him. Yeah. Like he doesn't get prosecuted. Like we like now his know. family's never around either. No, and he's a he's like super rich. I don't know, or at least we are made to assume that. And that was my thing where it's like, if you're going to have this 90-minute movie that's going to have a message and, you know, it has the text overlay at the end that's like acquaintance rape is, you know, the most common form of rape. Most women are, you know, raped mm-hmm. in their freshman year of college, which is a little bit of a scare tactic. Like, yes. I'm interested to see if it's like, don't go to college. Or like, be you know, like, be chased, ladies. Like, it felt, again, the message is like, most women. And it's like, maybe say also like most men who like rape are like you know juniors or yeah. whatever blah 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 but it uh nothing happens to him so i was like what's the actual message here what is the message of this movie yeah i didn't leave it feeling like powerful no i left it feeling a- angry maybe um, anxious yeah but i will say mark paul gosler playing a Hell of a creep. Um, this movie was Ooh. like so 1996. Mm-hmm. There were two references to grunge that we didn't need. They no. just like threw. It was like a 40 year old wrote this movie and was like, grunge is the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think I wrote it down. Like, what happens if somebody plays grunge real loud? Was one yeah. of the roommates' concerns. Uh-huh. And then someone was like commenting on an outfit and was like, it's not a grunge ball. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, and it was, like, the most 1996 email she got at one point. Uh-huh. It was just, like, a gray box yeah. that popped up that on popped her computer. Up. Um, I also like the line when Nikki Cox is like, beat me if you need me. And I was like, did she just say beat me? Like, like beeper? She did. Yeah. She Because I, I thought she was putting a pack of cigarettes into her pocket. She was putting her beeper into her pocket. And I was Love like, a beeper. Oh, I had a pager. Um, but, yeah. So, all in all... If I had to give this movie, like, I would give this movie, like, a 3.75 stars out of five. What mm, would you give it? That's pretty good. I'd say, like, a two and a half. Oh, really? But most of these movies are ones, so yeah. let's be real. I it's mean, good. I would watch the. I watched yeah. it, and I enjoyed it. Overall, we, what did we watch it on? You sent me some weird link. So it was on Daily Motion, but it's also on, a, like, if you Google it, the same exact title shows up on, like, an illegal site. So we watched it there because the quality was a little better. Yeah. But every... It's like the same person uploading it for all of these sites, but yeah. they called it a full hot movie, and yeah. I was disgusted. I was so nervous. Like, I felt like my computer was judging me. Like, I was like, I'm sorry. It's just yeah. a TV and movie. And the similar videos were definitely scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Candace Cameron, movie one. Having a year. Candace Cameron, movie two. <sighs> no one would tell. So first of all, both Fred Savage and Mark Paul Gosler are playing heavily off type. Heavily off type. I feel like these are their their attempts to like break out of the molds of like the characters that they're known for. Yeah. And they did a good job. I will say Mark Paul Gosler, I think, did a better job than Fred Savage. Hmm. What do you think? I don't think he did a better performance, but I think there's something about Fred Savage Savage's voice that for some reason is hard for me. To, like, see as a villain. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, because it's, like, sweet. Yes. <laughs> I get it. Okay, so No One Would Tell came out in 1996. A teenager thinks all her dreams have come true when the school hunk begins dating her, but it's not long before the darker side of his persona- personality rears its ugly head. Real quickly, rears its ugly head. So this is my second time seeing this movie. Me too. Did you? I do believe I watched this movie. In real time. Oh, no. I definitely... It was a library. You, you, check and your li- you and your library life. 
Just loved it. You find a lot of fun things at the library. Why did you rent it from the library? Fred Savage and Candace Cameron, (laughs) and it looked terrible. It was an obvious question. Wow. Yeah, and you know what? Not terrible. And you know what? Opening credits, Sally Jesse Raphael. Oh, yeah, instantly you're in. You got to wait that whole movie for Also, I totally forgot that guy from LFO is in this movie. Which one? The Friend. Oh, Eric Balfour? Yeah. Yeah. Uh A lot of people are in this movie. Mostly, my first note. So essentially what happens is Bobby is a senior, and he's like... He's like the heartthrob of the school. He's on the wrestling team. By the way, the wrestling team at my school was so uncool, and so I was yeah, having that's a hard why I was time. Like, that's what I thought, too. Why are they trying to make the wrestling team the thing everyone w- watched at school? Yeah, I was like, I couldn't even tell you where the wrestling team, like, had their yeah. matches. Like, they definitely did didn't Fred have Savage full people. Did Fred Savage bulk up for this movie? I feel like he did. Maybe. Um, <laughs> so, we're, you know... You're watching the movie, whatever. All of a sudden, maybe like 10 minutes in, we meet Bobby's cousin. I pause the movie, gasp aloud, go to IMDb to confirm. And then I was like, oh, yes, this is burn victim Tara from 90210. I text I should you. have known. But my me- my favorite memories of Tara are when she's the burn victim recovering and she's completely wrapped. Yes. So you can't see her. So you can't see her. But I was just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this, I'm already extra into this movie. Uh, so she, Candace Cameron has two friends. But one of the friends, while they're watching the wrestling meet, was like, we're missing Ricky Lake. And I was like, did they do this on purpose because she it, looks and sounds like Ricky Lake? Maybe. Uh, they had to have. They had to. Because at first I was like, is this Ricky Lake somehow? <laughs> Well, the combination of the Ricky Lake reference at the beginning of the movie with the Sally Jesse Raphael appearance at the end of the movie was just too much for me. I was like, I'm loving this. And Sally looked great. Looked great as that judge. She had longer hair. Yeah, she looked great as that judge. So essentially, Bobby's a senior. Do we know what year Stacy is? Is she a sophomore or something? Maybe. I don't know. She's younger than him. And she's, again, playing the hell out of a prude role. Like, just really nailing that, like, pure, sort of innocent 15-year-old girl vibe. And, you know, Bobby's the cool guy, and he's showing interest in her, and she's, like... She's going for it. Dismayed. She's so overwhelmed that someone would, like, pay her any attention. Very quickly, (laughs) things turn bad. Like, so quickly. Like, so fast. Yeah. So they've been dating... They're, I don't even – I wouldn't even call them dating. They went on, like, one kind of group date, and then they, like, made out in the sand. I don't know. Yeah, which I did make a note. Like, I've never understood, like, a room of teens where they're just, like, coupled off making out in front of each other. No. That's such a weird thing. It's a, a movie It's thing? a movie thing, maybe. I don't I know. I mean, we weren't cool. Maybe we um, don't Yeah, know. maybe we, we don't know. Maybe this was happening all the time. So – Immediately, he's, like, throwing her into a stack of books at the library. At school. Yeah, and uh, the friends see it, but carry on. Uh, Yes. This happens numerous times. My favorite thing is they're, like, having a day at the beach, and they're like, oh, like, he wrote you a poem, and they're, like, going to read it. And he comes out of frame like he was not at this event. Yeah. He just speed walks into the frame and takes the letter, and then they go have a private conversation. But I didn't think he was there. No. And it was such a shock to my system. <laughs> was it also a shock to your system that he was rocking some Tevas? Like, I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, those sandals are so amazing. That was one of my notes. Um, I pay attention to the details. I will say... 
the dialogue, the emotional abuse in this movie is almost worse than the physical abuse, I think. Yeah. Because he's constantly like, why'd you make me, why'd you have to get me so angry? Or like those kinds of things. And like the subtlety of the blame was uncomfortable. And well, really, like all of this stems from her relationship with her mom. Yes. Because her mom is dating someone is just like at his whim. Yeah. By like the way, whenever her mom he is wants Michelle Phillips and yes, yeah. Michelle Phillips. <laughs> and so like whenever he wants to go out, they go out, whatever she he wants her to wear, she'll wear. Like yeah. so she has issues going into this relationship. Fred Savage has relationships because his dad was an alcoholic and left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this was doomed from the start and nobody paid attention. That's the thing. No one was paying attention. That is what really got to me about this movie. So there are countless scenes of, like, abuse. He's grabbing her. He's pushing her. He slaps her. She is covered in bruises. And they're just like, you're fine. You're fine. No one's... Your bob looks great. <laughs> Let's go to class. did look great. I texted you. I was like, do I need to cut my hair short after this wet hair scene with Candace Cameron? Because I was very into it. But... The lack of awareness or, like, I don't I, – she has one friend that's like, this is wrong. I We're going to tell your mom. And Candace is – Candace, her name is Stacy in the no, movie. it's Candace. It's Candace. Candace is like, you don't understand love. Like, no. And I'm like, girl, you don't understand love. But – so there's one friend that, like, tries to be a whistleblower. She doesn't try that hard. No. She reminds me of, like, the girl in Carrie – Mm. who's, like, a, not that nice, but then, like, kind of tries to help in a yeah. way, and then she's kind of haunted by Carrie. That's yeah. the vibe I got from this friend. For sure. So, you know, things escalate. They go to a school dance. It's a 50s theme. I liked it. He hits her in front of everyone, like, to the face. Oh, my problem with this movie, I think this happens even before the dance, he hits her in front the of the gym, and the coach called that anger spirit. Back to the match, guys. Come on, let's go. What am I seeing here? It's, a, it's nothing, coach. It's an accident. Yeah, you got it. Right. I slipped. But you're okay now, right? <sighs> What's going on, Bobby? Now, you're my best wrestler. If I have to report this and we lose you for the county final... No, Coach, she just, uh, she slipped and fell. That's all. It's nothing. I'm fine. Fine. Okay. Okay, then. But from now on, you save that spirit for the team. I Thank you. I have the same quote. The, the coach... Is like, what am I seeing here? You're my best wrestler. Sports. Like, I can't. No, no, don't say that. But when he's like, you need to save that spirit for the mat. And I was like, <gasps> like, so angry. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're fire not, that teacher. You're coach. not going to report what's obviously happening. Yeah. You're you're a teacher, likely. Even if you're he just needs a coach. him for the team. Exactly. I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. And so I was very upset about that. But essentially, it all kind of culminates. Bobby hits her in front of their friends. Two of one of his friends and one of her friends like intervenes, and doesn't matter. She still like goes. And with And it's him. because she was just talking to a guy friend at the dance. Yes. And while he was getting a drink. Ultimately, they break up, 
and she's like, I want to be friends. He's not okay with that. There's an amazing amount of, like, horror movie music that, like, yeah. comes over him when he gets, like, angry. You're like, oh, this isn't going to end His well. mad face just, like, squeezing that. The hand That thing. hand. Yeah. What the, what's that called? Yeah. I don't know. So he's like, all right. I want. Let's try and be friends. Can you can can you come over and give me a haircut? Which is something we're he, just she's friends. Done. Please cut, cut my, my hair. hair. Yeah, it's like an all like a question throughout the movie. It's will like, you cut my will hair? you cut my hair? I have never once cut someone's hair. Like, does what? he find it erotic? I don't know. There's something weird about it. So she comes over, and it's Bobby, his friend from LFO, Candace Cameron, and then this other girl, Carla. Thank you. I was like, I forgot that there was a fourth person in there, and then I would see a silhouette in the car, and I was like, who are you? So Carla is maybe my favorite character of this whole movie, because basically, Carla is kind of like the school tramp. Like, she's always wearing, like, a midriff-bearing shirt. (laughs) Everyone else probably thinks she's a total babe, except Bobby. She's always, like, trying to get up in Bobby's grill and, like, try and make out, and he's, like, showing her no attention at all. Now, after the whole school knows that the reason that Bobby and Stacy break up is because he hit her, Carla's like, ooh, now's my chance. <laughs> like, Going Carla, in. No. So Carla's there. Their two friends, Vince and Carla, are sitting on the couch listening to Bobby and Stacy, who are no longer a couple, fight in the bathroom. He hits her again. They do nothing. They're yeah. sitting on this couch. They, no one looks. No one says anything. It's so uncomfortable. Stacy storms out. Bobby sends his friend after her. And then Bobby to Carla is like, oh, if anyone asks, like, it was just me and Stacy here. And, like, you saw her ran, what, like, run away, blah, blah, blah. And Carla's like, okay. And then he kisses her. So basically. Wow, she's been tricked. Carla's the first gets Stacy murdered. I was like, Carla. What? I want to talk about the murder because they do, like most of these movies, they show the murder first. Yes. And then they go into the story. Mm -hmm. Now we're back into the murder at the end. And I didn't understand in the beginning how he murdered her. Oh, yeah. And then at the end, they show just a tiny knife, one stab, and she's completely dead. Completely dead. That's not a thing that happens. Also, he had access to a lot of things to very quickly dispose of the body. I was going to say, when they find the body, she's bagged. They didn't do that after he killed her, right? She's bagged, and she has cinder blocks tied to her to drop her. He He did not have that amount of time. No. Because the friend is in the truck waiting, which he heard a scream and did nothing. Did nothing. Guys, do something. Like... Just ask a question? I don't know. I mean, clearly you can kill someone with a pocket knife, so maybe just have a pocket knife and go outside and see what's happening. My God. So essentially, this movie is, like, great for 50 minutes, and then there's, like, 30 minutes too long of them after she dies, after he kills her. Every movie is – I've always been asking myself why these feel so long when they're only 90 minutes. And it was just like, okay, we know that he killed her, like – we don't need all of this, like, procedural police stuff. Like, then, the like, the cop from Baywatch gets involved, and they're just, like, you know, trying to find her. Bobby's like, oh, she just ran away. They're looking at, like, shelters, all of these things. Finally, his friend Vince, who was there, like, makes an anonymous phone call and is like, look in the, you know, look in the woods, basically. And 
you know, he's wrongly accused initially. The whole thing's a cluster. Finally. I, no, go ahead. No, it's like finally comes down to Bobby. I was just going to say, I don't like how this movie kind of made the mom a hero. Uh, in like a way that Tell she, she like broke it off with her shitty boyfriend. Yeah. And was like, we, I'm going to do better now. And then she finds her daughter dead and like takes Fred Savage to court and like does all these things. I don't know. I felt like it, this was a movie about teens, but targeted towards a mom. Uh, yeah. Like the mom needs to take care or like you need to keep an eye on your kid or you shouldn't date right. someone bad because mm-hmm. your kids are seeing like what you do. Interesting. A lot of messages. So ultimately Bobby gets, you know, f- found guilty of murdering Stacy and goes to jail for life. Um, <laughs> the end. Did I cry? I did. Why? I, I so I cried in both of these movies with the mom scenes. And so you know, I, I get have it. a daughter. I it's get tough. it. You're a mom now, but also these movies are bad. Yeah. No, I mean I wasn't like weeping, but I like got a, <laughs> I got a misty, and I was just like, oh, what if I ever found my daughter at the end of the lake? It's not going to be a good day. Well, yeah. I mean, right? There's empathy, Natalie. Empathy. I have great <laughs> empathy. I cry at everything. I know you do. <laughs> but these, I just feel like these movies are kind of heartless. Yeah, so again, what's the message here? Like, I mean, I liked this one because he gets what's coming to him, right? The the message, there's an actual, like, voice overlay from Sally yes. Jesse Raphael that I feel like was a note from the network that was like, we really got to hammer this Because home. we don't get it. Because we don't get it. Where she's like, how many of you have been hit? How many of you have seen something? Basically, the message of this is like, see something, say something. And th- that's... She almost says that all of these people are complicit in her murder, which they mm-hmm. kind of are. Yeah, like you should maybe. And then feel for that some way. reason, they make the best friend empty out her locker, and she's yep. sobbing, sobbing, staring at the photos. Yeah, that's not fun. Happening. Fact: the when Fred Savage is like, "Who? Who's that guy in that photo?" Oh yeah, it's her actual husband. Were they actually married at yes. this point? Yes, oh, they were God. already married. She looks so baby face. Is young. I do have a couple other fun facts Ooh, of this okay. movie. So. Based on a true crime, mm-hmm. but happened when he the guy was 16 and the girl was 14 <gasps> oh, no. in 1991. Yikes. Terrible. In Massachusetts. Um, yeah. So also, Reginald L. Johnson of Family Matters was going to be Detective Anderson. Oh, instead of the guy from Baywatch? Yeah. They were going to do like a TGIF roundup in this movie. Yeah, when did this air? It conflicted with Family Matters. Amazing. Because Family Matters was on until like 97, 98, yeah. so it's still on. For sure. But the message I got from this movie is that Candace Cameron will never get better than this when I was watching these movies. Because this was her turn. Like, I'm going to give I'm gonna a be TV an adult. movie a try. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do something else. She never really made it into films. No. And now she does like Hallmark movies, which yeah. are like more lighthearted. Yeah. So this is Candace Cameron like... At her darkest. Giving it her all. Yes. Um, I mean, you know how I feel about Candace Cameron's uh, tuna fish commercials. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, she, <laughs> the girl doesn't have much range, but I will I will always uh, give kudos to someone who is, like, making money off, like, mediocrity. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, good for you. Like, she's cute. She's fun. She's, like, you know, unobtrusive, inoffensive. Like, great. Sure. Candace Cameron. Uh, Candace Cameron. Uh, Fred Savage, though. Ugh. Scary. Yeah. Really scary. 
And didn't you say, or maybe you have this in here, that, like, he was at Stanford at this time? Oh, yeah. And he was, like, in school. And so he'd be, like, taking a math test and then, like, killing Stacy in the woods. <laughs> like, it was like, oh, Aren't same timeline. <laughs> the dichotomy of life. Um, yeah, it's uh, – <laughs> uh, so when did um, uh, Wonder Years end? I don't know. It's over at this it's point, wait, It's 90, over. Like, two yeah. years, maybe? 94, maybe? We need to look it up. Yeah, because he's, what, probably 18 or 19 he's in this 19, movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was definitely like 16, 17 in the show when, when it ended. ended. So, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, all it's a tough life for some of these kid actors, right? Because it's like you've made all of your money on like being cute and young. And then how do you transition into like more adult roles? And I will actually say that I think Mark Paul Gosler and probably Tiffany and Rathiesen, like, are the only ones from Save by the Bell that really did that. Um, but it took him a long time. Like, you got to freaking grind it out yeah. in things like She Cried No to distance yourself from this sort of, like, iconic role. And, and it then, really doesn't work. It, it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. And even, like, Franklin and Bash, like, all of these things that he did sort of subsequently, like, you're still, like, Zach oh, Morris. but you're Zach Morris, you yeah. know? And on some levels, that's great because— Someone, people are remembering you, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you're Kevin Arnold. Like, that's amazing. But on the other hand, it has to be so frustrating. And that's why I'm sure someone like Fred Savage directs now because— And he's the voice of Oswald, was. Yes, and he does the Honda commercials. Um, But it's like you then still get to do what you want to do without having to, like, keep— trying 20 years later to not be Kevin Arnold. It's like you have to wear a sign that's like, I'm not Kevin Arnold. Yeah. And it's hard, but again, it's like, but people love Kevin Arnold. It's hard, but yeah, you're so beloved and you're a part of something so special. Totally. And so I do think people go through like, you know, the stages of grief around stuff like that, where you're then like angry and bitter. And like, then that's why you're Elizabeth Berkeley doing striptease and like whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like, great, I'm accepting it. I'm, you know, this is who I am. Yeah. I liked these ones. Yeah, these were so much better than the the teen parent teen ones. ones. Although I did like Unwed Father. I've thought about it a little bit more. Hated 15 Pregnant. Hated it. Hated <laughs> it. Um, okay. Well, I think that's all that we have for this week. What are we going to watch next week? My all-time fave. Your all-time fave? Are we going there? Do we have to watch it together? No, because I've seen it. I mean, I'm going to rewatch it. Okay. But I need you to, like, watch it by yourself. Can I don't I f- want you to talk to me at all beforehand. Okay. I'm nervous. I just kind of, like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. Do you have to bring me, like, a DVD? I do. Okay, I perfect. have one. Perfect. Um, but I assume you'll, like, put it on Instagram. Yeah, and we'll announce it next week. Okay, great. Very excited. Yeah, so if you want to watch along with us, which I really appreciate the people that have clearly been doing this because it's kind of fun, uh, Fangirl Friday's podcast on Instagram, FGF podcast on Twitter. Or on Facebook. Yeah. And if you want to be like Margie, we do have a Threadless store and you can get some hot merch. Guys, and let me just tell you, you want to be like Margie. Just in general. A general Everyone does. (laughs) All right, guys. So until next Friday. Bye. Bye.